with my winged eagle over here. Welcome to episode dos of the Zip Code Bros. I am Michael John Gallagher II. With me, as always, is Ben Jones, Timmy Sorensen, and Adam Jefferson. How are we doing, fellas? Great. How are you going? Good. And today's topic is Hollywood Hulk Hogan. The well, man, Mike, when you first legend. came in, when you first came in, I thought that was Terry Belayer. <gasps> I like it. <laughs> I like it. Well, thanks for indulging me, gentlemen. First question I want to ask is, how's everybody doing? Let's start with you, Jimmy. Uh, good. I was just playing Real American a second ago, and you, you guys totally no sold it. Well, again, I think it's a copyright thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have to edit that first part out then. Right. <laughs> no. I'm doing good. Um, I'm doing good. Um, I got both belts that I want in the, sh in the shot with me, especially right here and there. When we do uh when we do the Hulk Hogan uh, when we go around the round table later on, I want you to bring that belt up and show it off because you got oh, well. some cool stuff on that belt, man. It'll be it'll be the focal point. I just I have a, I just wanted this one on my shoulder right now, but I'm doing right. I'm fighting off fighting off a cold. I'm, I apologize if I sound like garbage. Um, but I'm trying to try not to go twelve rounds with with uh. Mr. T, but uh, or Roddy Piper, but uh, unfortunately, it's been, it's been a couple of days since since I since I got got the cold and but getting better, drinking my orange juice, saying my prayers, and eating my vitamins, brother. Awesome. How was your week? How are you, Mr. Jefferson? How are you? Uh, I'm I'm good, man. Um, you know, teaching middle school PE has its ups and mostly downs but uh i'm doing fine there uh my son's got strep and now he's got a bad cough so he's been a little clingy and um all that but we were able to take him to the zoo over the weekend and he had a blast got to see uh grizzly bears and uh tigers and rhinos and just all the animals that he just loves to see so um other than that though doing great absolutely question, doing great question did you tease him saying we're going to see take you to see your brothers and sisters and the, <laughs> and the, and the monkey cage. No, but he uh, he thinks he's a grizzly bear. So I said, well, you're going to go see the real deal and figure out how much of a grizzly bear you really are. That's great. How how is uh, how, how's your how's your mental health been this week, Adam? Man, it's 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 been good. You know, the, the stress of uh, of teaching with you know the kids just being off the chain almost every single day. Kind of gets to you, but um, it seems to it seems to melt away when I get back home and my son runs up to the door and shouts "Dada" and all that. So you know it it the stress is there when I'm at work, but kind of as soon as I get in the car to head home, it starts to go away. That's great. Do you do anything to decompress on the way home? You listen to a certain song, listen to a podcast or a radio station. Um, usually my the first thing I do is I I call my wife just to because I don't really get to talk to her throughout the day. Um, so I call her and if, uh, we do have to hang up before I get home, I just listen to whatever podcast is next. I think, uh, today I was listening to the, uh, F latest episode of FTR with Dax Harwood. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh yeah. Anything else about your week you want to add? Any, any, any highs, any lows, anything you learned? Um, no, uh, I actually am uh, just doing great. Uh, we, my school district actually kind of does take care of the students and teachers. Uh, one Friday out the month, they have what's called a, a wellness day. And on these wellness days, it's a half day for everybody. Usually in the teaching profession, a half day is a half day for students and the teachers still have to stay to their contract of time, usually doing some kind of meetings or professional development or something. But on these wellness days, um, everyone gets out at the same time so this coming friday i'll be done i'll be home by 11 30 in the morning oh that's uh, fantastic yeah so kind of a two and a half day weekend 
uh, for me coming up. And I'm really looking forward to that, to just getting some family time and time with the wife and all that. That's awesome. That's always family time is best in the world, man. I love oh, that. Yeah. I love that. Ben, how is your week going? Yeah, not too bad. I had a bit of a rough weekend and, um, you know, Mike, you and I spoke, you know, privately about that. Um, I find that on the weekends that I don't have the boys with me, um, it can be quite challenging because I'm here by myself. So sometimes the loneliness uh, hits heavier than other times. And that was one of those weekends and I was completely flat, not really motivated to do anything. Um, you know, it messes up with your sleep, you start overthinking. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, luckily that's passed now. Um, like I'm feeling good today. I started the day off with a with a walk, um, but yeah, you know, it was just one of those moments, and you know, luckily I could reset quicker than you know. Yeah, so no, no, pretty good today though. So all good. So when you're feeling flat like that, as you, as you put it, what do you try to do for yourself to get out of that? Um, DDP yoga is is a big help. Um, I do that every couple of days. So I just have to sort of force myself to do it. Um, that can sometimes help me sleep better. But then if I'm mm -hmm. real bad, then I get lazy and just don't really want to move off the couch. So, and, and the, the most important thing is what I'm eating. It's very easy to, you know, when you're not feeling well, to eat crap that you shouldn't be eating. So, yeah, it's it's about making that conscious effort to to eat better because that's obviously going to help your mindset as well. So, but yeah, like the last couple of days though, back on track. That's awesome, and and that that's yeah. really uh that's really something important to say because I'm a big, big, big proponent of you are what you eat, and what you put in your body can make you feel crappy. It can make you feel good. It can make you feel healthy. It can make you feel unhealthy. Um, I had my boys had McDonald's tonight. So I grabbed a couple of their fries and like, I'm still feeling like crappy because I had like a couple of French fries. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that you're doing better. I'm glad that your head is better. Yeah. So, how, how are you going? Yeah. So my weekend was, was pretty good. Again, you know, there's something you and I had spoken about privately on Saturday, but I had a date Saturday afternoon and, um, it was a great time, but it made me realize how little time I have to get to know people these days between watching my kids all the time now we talked about this like i'm the complete opposite of you where i have my kids full time and while it's a blessing it is the joy it is the biggest joy of my life the fact that i get to see my boys every single minute of every single day it is challenging when i don't have that break and one of the things that i feel like i've been missing out on is getting to know people whether it's making friends or more than that so you know you and i talked about that that very similar it, it you start to get in your head you start to get in your hole where it's you you don't know what the future is going to hold and you start getting nervous about it and i know for me um you know i try to you know there's a great bible verse and, and i don't want to get too biblical or too within my faith on this pocket because i don't know who knows what don't want to turn anybody off but there's one verse that says don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I try to remember that more in the respect of just keep what's in front of you in front of you and try to battle those obstacles today because tomorrow there's gonna be a whole nother set of challenges or somebody's got you back. And, and uh, when I'm feeling flat, I actually like to write. I don't journal, I, I haven't gotten into my journaling yet, but I write a little bit of poetry um, and if you guys will indulge me, since we're being vulnerable, I'd love to read this little, uh, this little snippet I wrote called get to know me. If it's Please okay do. with you guys. So I just titled it, get to know me. I may seem strange, but that will change. Once you get to know me, I might not have time, but when I do, it's yours and mine, get to know me. There's so many new and old ways of communicating these days, a phone, a book, a loving look. So why don't you get to know me? You may think you already do, but I swear it's not true. 
There's so much more to me than you can see. So please get to know me. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. So that makes me feel better. It gets it off my chest and then I feel like I'm talking to somebody. Uh, so thank you for indulging me, guys. So is no, anybody thank you for else sharing? Oh, my pleasure. Does anybody else have something about their week before we go into this week in pro wrestling history? Actually, I do. Um, right, yeah. before, right before we started recording, I uh, bought myself an early birthday gift. Uh, birthday gift. My birthday's all the way out in May. And, um, May what? May 30th. May 30th. Um, right. May Got 19th. It. Uh, SmackDown is going to be live in Columbia, South Carolina. So uh, I bought two tickets. My wife and I are going to go. We're going to be uh, the seventh row on the floor to the left of the commentary table, if you're looking at the commentary table. Um, and it'll be her first wrestling show. You pulled the trigger on it. Yep, pulled the trigger. Uh, I got the text. I got an automated text from WWE, said pre-sale code. So we started looking at seats. And um, for floor seats, those are really well-priced. and we snatched them up. That's awesome. Are you going to be on camera? I don't know. Uh, that far back, even though it's only the seventh row, probably not. But, uh, you know, you just never know what they got planned for that show. That's right. Well, make sure you have the zip code bro sign and we can look for it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's great. Is your, wife, is your wife the fan? Um, not really. She, you know, she'll watch it with me here and there, I think. Um, but... She's not, she didn't really watch it before we even got together. Um, so, but she's, she's excited. I'm excited. We're, I think we're going to have a great time. Great little uh, date night as well. That's so awesome, man. That's so awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Congrats. And that's a great segue into yeah. this week in pro wrestling history. Yes, it is. Where, there it is. All right. Let's get started here. March 5th, 2001, Paul Heyman makes his surprise debut as the new color commentator for Monday Night Raw just one week after Jerry the King Lawler leaves WWE. Uh, March 6th, 1972, New Japan Pro Wrestling holds its very first show. March 7th, 1999, Kurt Angle makes his WWF television debut on Sunday Night Heat. Tiger Ali Singh attempts to bribe Kurt with $5,000 to blow his nose on the American flag. Kurt instead blows his nose on the Indian flag and then suplexes Singh twice. Uh, thought this one stood out because our topic is Hulk Hogan, March 8th, 2010. TNA Impact from the Impact Zone in Orlando, Florida would feature the in-ring returns of both Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. March 8th, 2020, the WWE Elimination Chamber live from Philadelphia would be the last WWE pay-per-view with fans in attendance before the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, March 10th, 2019, The Shield make their final appearance as a faction at the Fastlane pay-per-view. And March 11th, 2002, the NWO beat Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock in a handicap match. And this is actually the only time Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin were ever in the same match in a WWE ring. That's uh, crazy. I really like that one. Hey, I'm going to time out for one second. I want to yeah, go back yeah. to that. I want to go back to that pandemic one. I, um... I was I, when I saw that list, I, I thought that was definitely important to bring up there because it's crazy to think that two years ago or three years ago, rather, was the beginning of of essentially the next what's really been going on in the world the next the last three years. So it was to me, it was interesting to find that this was the last week of 2020 that they had the live event. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think about how. Quickly, time goes, not just in life, but in, you know, I think I think time in professional wrestling goes by 10 times faster than it does in life. Right. You know, we think about some of the moments that we're probably going to talk about later in this uh, episode. And if some of these moments feel like just yesterday, maybe five <laughs> years ago, but then you look it up and it was actually like 25 years ago or, or 10 I, years ago. It's right. just oh, how quickly time goes. Yeah. So you got a couple of birthdays for us? Yeah, uh, our notable birthdays for this week include David Flair, March 6, 1979. Mr. Anderson, March 6, 1976. Anderson. And, and he could have had a great run, couldn't he? Um, Val Venus, March 6, 1971. Uh, some guy named 
Bruce Pritchard, Pritchard, I don't know, March 7th, 1963. Does it uh, got a T in there? Uh, no, <laughs> keep on your back. Uh, keep on your back. <laughs> Chad Gable, March 8th, 1986. Rick Steiner, March 9th, 1960. And AEW's Luchasaurus, March 10th, 1985. Nice. Very cool. All right. So Ben, do we got some questions from the uh, from the zip code Broskis? We have a ton of questions. Well, not a ton. That's an exaggeration. So the first question is from our first lady of the zip code Bros, Miss Allison Faye, and her question I'm going to direct it to Jimmy. So she asks, "What was your favorite match from AEW Revolution?" Um, now, before you answer. Hers was, without a doubt, the MJF and Danielson match. Even with all of the confusion of where, when the pinfalls countouts counted, it was great entertainment, a definite qualifier for match of the year. And she thinks that the build to make you want to hate, love MJF has been brilliant. So, Jimmy, what was your favorite match from that event? Um, The smart ass answer to me for me is the one where uh Mr. Gallagher's doppelganger, Captain Charisma, got beat by Jungle Boy Jack Perry. And serious and just and in all seriousness, actually it is my favorite match just because I thought it was a good story. I'm but I guess the As much as I hate MJF as a person and want him to go away, it was a good match between between him and Brian Danielson and with a, a check it shit heel finish, which was really good. Awesome. Oh, that's great. Um, so next, we've got one of Adam's friends, Mr. Sean Kennedy. He sent in a couple of questions. Kennedy. First one. Kennedy. Kennedy. Hey. It's funny, we were just talking about Anderson. So there you go. Right. <laughs> so that's what we call a callback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Sean asks, as someone who didn't get into wrestling until 2011, outside of his accolades, why is Hulk Hogan considered a goat? What did he do that was so amazing that he was the guy for WWF? So I was. I started watching when he really blew up and I'm going to say that his appearance in Rocky three really helped uh, put him on the national map. But then when he became champion, I mean, you've got the U S hero that beat the nasty foreigner for the title, obviously beating iron Sheik, So that automatically made him a national hero, but then it was after WrestleMania, throughout 1985 when he became a global star and it was just a combination of his look his size his charisma and it was off to the races so that's and, and he was consistently just like a mainstream star throughout the 80s and 90s and i think that's why through those pivotal times in the business that he um is widely re regarded as the biggest star in in history so did anyone want to add to that or uh, i'm sorry <laughs> no i, th I think you, i think you nailed it there ben um you know definitely the rocky three appearance uh you know you get a major motion picture major hollywood film like that um definitely helped and just the marketing machine that wwe even had back in the 80s to put him on pretty much everything um and you know fans ate it up and uh, you know that's that's really one of the big things that helps people get into that go category is the fan reaction the the merchandise sales things like that um so you know from where I, as i was born kind of near the i guess you could say the end of his career or the, at least the, the end of the good part of his career um yeah you know the nwo and all that uh, but it was just uh, marketing and him just being a 
savvy business person giving the people what they want because you look at his matches in Japan and he would actually work. You know, in the States, it was definitely more of that WWF 80s children's aimed at style. The very formulaic, almost like John Cena matches were. Um, he had to come back and all that. So he knew how to make business, basically. Yeah, very much so. Um, Sean's other question. Uh, Mike, you can answer this one. Why is Hulk Hogan's finisher a leg drop instead of a clothesline? I have no idea. <laughs> um, I, I would think, be, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, um, I mean, this is totally my opinion. You know, I think the hulking up, he uses the hulk up and maybe a clothesline there. But I, I, I think you would have to ask Hulk Hogan why he finishes a leg drop versus a clothesline. That, that's a tough one. I mean, I, did, did, did you guys ever hear anything of why he picked the, the leg drop? As his I, I did I didn't, but I I mean out of the two moves there, you would assume that there's gonna be more weight coming down on the opponent with the leg drop rather than just with the arm. Like it's a more devastating. I think it looks move. better too. It looks better. It's more of like you said, it's more of impactful. You got the leg, you know, you got the leg, you got the woo, little whoosh down there. Um, but yeah, that's what a what a way to put me on the spot without an answer. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Kennedy. <laughs> Kennedy. Okay. Um, next, we've got friend of the show, Brad Stanton from the Kickout Crew. So shout out to those guys. Uh, go uh, follow uh, follow them and watch, watch their podcast. Um, I'll give a quick plug. Where's there? Where can we find them at? Yeah, I just did. Yeah, Kickout Crew uh, on YouTube uh, and wherever you can get podcasts. And then if you want to follow them at Kickout at Kickout Crew on Twitter on the Twitter on the Twitter on the Twitter machine. All right, on the Twitter. So uh, this is for the record. I do love Brad. I was saying boo because uh, a good friend of the show, Amy Vaughn, and and her have a bantering back and forth, and I'm I'm Team Amy. And we're gonna we're gonna bring that storyline into the zip code, bros. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is this is for Jimmy and Adam because you guys were born in the '90s. So Brad asks, "Can you appreciate Hogan in the '80s, or do you find it is it too outdated for you?" No, no. I appreciate it. Go ahead. Uh, I, I was going to say, um, as y'all know, I I have been trekking through the historical stuff on what used to be the WW network and now Peacock. Um, and I would always stop to watch a Hogan match, you know, from the eighties on, um, you know, so I, I don't think it's too outdated. Um, you know, uh, the mega powers exploding, uh, was probably one of my more memorable and favorite storylines from that era. So I definitely don't think it's outdated. Okay. Now oh, that's, that sounds good. Uh, Mike. Everyone gives Cena a hard time for the five moves of doom, but didn't Hogan do the same? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, I think that's a great question, Brad. Um, he did do the same, and I want to say he might have had three moves of doom. He had the body slam, he had the Hulk up, and he had the leg drop. But I think, I think in the 80s, and, and I think when Hogan was around, I think it was more of a story. I think it was more of a, I won't say a show, but for lack of a term, lack of a better term, a show, because Hogan was on the on the receiving end of the match most of the match. If if you guys go back and look, he was always getting beat up by the big guy, beat up by the big guy. And I think what the biggest difference is between Cena and Hogan is everybody was waiting for that Hulk up. And I don't think Cena had that Hulk up where he would say no sell a move, uh, excuse me, a no sell a move, and then do the Hulk up because everybody was waiting for that Hulk up. And Hogan would give it to us for a few minutes and then he'd go back down. And then he'd give it to us for another second and then he'd go back down, right? And then finally you got that, you, and then, and then the, the one, two, three, the five moves of dooms, the three punches, 
the um, the big boot, and then the leg drop. And I think why Hogan's wasn't labeled those five moves of doom was because everybody was waiting for that Hulk up. And once we got that Hulk up, I don't think people cared what came after that as long as Hogan got the win. Well said. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, is there anyone that pulled off baldness better that didn't shave it clean? I got one if Jimmy doesn't come up with one. Okay. Chavo Guerrero. Chavo Guerrero kind of has a bald little bit, and he actually looks pretty good with a good, good head of hair. Okay, Mike? Jesse the body. Yeah, Jesse and Hogan, pretty much spot on. Very, very similar. Before Jesse shaved his head, he had a very similar hair, hairstyle to Hogan, and he definitely pulled it off. Yeah, he doesn't. He never looks that great in the beginning with, but <laughs> but I think he pulled it off. Is what he's, I'm saying. He's an ugly individual. Is what I'm trying to say. John Cena's got a little big bald spot now that he's kind of pulling off. I think I think your doppelganger is too. I think Captain Christmas is a little bit too. I think he does. I think he does. So hopefully, when I get to that age, it's not a. Um, it's not a the doppelganger's hairline doesn't recede. So I was talking to my I was talking to my cousin uh, a couple of months ago when last time I saw him, and um, <laughs> so he made a joke about my hairline receding. I'm like, my hairline's not receding. He's like, it's not not receding. I'm like, you're a you man, you. <laughs> I mean, you have to appreciate that this is a difficult conversation uh, for myself and Brad to have which is why i want to throw it off to you guys to be fair to be fair you pull it off you pull it off way better than brad oh i thank you i think Stanton's and rocks the bald look pretty well he does i'm just i'm just it was a backhanded compliment you do realize you don't have to keep saying i'm just kidding or i i love brad like you do realize that like we understand it's a joke right jimmy jimmy's playing the heel today yeah but yeah die nah. um, so anyway so anyway that's that's all the questions we've got so if anyone has some questions for us for future episodes uh hashtag ask zip code bros at oh, we'll do the social media stuff later but um, yeah, thanks, guys, for submitting those questions. So no... these guys are broskies, what we call them? I was going to say zippers. Okay. I like both we'll work of them. on that. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. But for the... <laughs> Brad Stan, if you see this, there's no heat on my end. I'm just bust ball busting. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, thank you for that. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so that's actually a great segue into our topic for today, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. So what I think we were going to do is get a, little, uh, get a little guitar playing there going on. I like it. Jimmy's got the big goal, so it looks a little better on Jimmy. But uh, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll pose this question to you guys. What belt do you see? What belt, when you look at Hogan and you look at title belt, and we're gonna, and I'll, I'm gonna call on you guys just to make it a little bit easier rather than jump it in. What belt, when you think of Hulk Hogan, do you picture? What about you, Ben? The winged eagle. The winged eagle. What about you, Adam? Uh, big gold. Big gold. What about you, Jimmy? I'll let you go first. <laughs> well, mine's always going to be the winged eagle because I'm an 80s kid. It's the young guys are picking big gold and the old guys. <laughs> I like it. So, Jimmy, I want you to, uh, we're going to do a little, little, little quick show and tell Jimmy's belt. And then what we'll do is we'll just kind of go around the horn and we'll just kind of give a couple memories of Hogan, why we love Hogan. Why we may dislike Hogan for any reason. Um, but first, I want Jimmy to, Jimmy, why don't you show up that big gold belt you got there, buddy? Oh, I got this. 
off of Hogan's Beach Body Shop a few years ago, about three year, two and a half years ago. Um, it's missing some of the wrestler things, but um, I have one of them. I gotta find the other one, but and get them welder back on. But uh, it's um, oh. sorry, I hit myself in the lip. Um, <laughs> you're right there, brother. Yeah. Um, this belt means a lot to me because, um. It's it's it has the Hogan nameplate, um, signed by Hogan. Whoa! But it's also signed. What's on the back there, brother? I'll get to that. I got it signed by a <laughs> uh, friend of the show, Bobby Duncan. Shout out to Bobby. I was able to get Sting to sign it too. Or as Bobby likes to say. It's Sting! Sting at WrestleCon <laughs> at Royal Rumble the weekend this year. But my main main reason why I love this belt so much, so it has actually two signatures on the back. Um, it's kind of hard to see one of them now. Um, X-Pac signed it a year ago in Dallas, but the main reason I like this, this is the first autographed piece Signed by one Hall of Famer, Eric Bischoff, right after he got announced into the WWE Hall of Fame. I took a chance and emailed him. So I had his email and asked him if it was thinking about coming up to do to, to, to Cody, Wyoming. And Thinking about and want to know if he would meet me for lunch or something, and he did. And afterwards, he was nice enough to great sign this for me and a trucker's hat. And um, this is probably one of the best things I've I own. Um, lost us twice at a Top Guy weekend, <laughs> but uh, got it back. But uh, after finding it and uh. But it's it's one of my prized possessions, even though it doesn't look the prettiest. It's pretty. It's beautiful to me, and that's what life is. Actually, it's life may not be the prettiest to you at times, but it's all. But it has beauty in it. That's great, Jimmy. That's great. That's awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about my memories of Hulk Hogan because I got two. Two two good memories, and then I got one reason why, you know, you guys talked before about why is Hulk Hogan the GOAT. And Ben and I talked about this on Saturday. Why I think Hulk Hogan is the greatest pro wrestler, sports entertainer, however you want to put it of all time, is because to me, not only was he the best babyface of all time, but Hulk Hogan was the best heel of all time. I can't think of anybody who was a better babyface than Hulk Hogan and a better heel than Hulk Hogan. Now, guys like Ric Flair, they both had their good face. You know, they had the good guys, their bad guys. But I, I would argue that Ric Flair was not a very good guy until he became the legend that is Ric Flair. Now, as Eric Bischoff likes to say, he can go out in the street and stop on puppies on fire and people will still cheer him because he's Ric Flair. Because we have so much respect for him. But I don't think he ever reached that level as a babyface as Hulk Hogan did. And I don't think a guy like Steve Austin ever reached the level of a heel like Hulk Hogan did. I mean, Hulk Hogan went from being a big butt kicker to the biggest chicken you-know-what heel. And that's just, that's just, he embraced it so much. He learned how to be a heel. He learned how to be a bad guy after being a good guy for 25 years. And I understand he was a heel when we first came on the scene, but when you get that popular and when you get that, it's hard to turn and, and, and make people not like you. It's hard to make people hate you and boo you. And, and I remember 
exactly where I was sitting, the exact moment Hulk Hogan dropped that leg drop on Randy Savage. I was, I, my mom and my dad had the cable box in their bedroom and we would watch pay-per-views in there. I mean, my, my brother and I, and, and I was watching Bash at the Beach and I'll never forget it happened. And I'm just like, mom, I was 14 years old. Mom, dad, come here, watch this. Hulk Hogan's a bad guy. He, he just, he just turned, he just turned. Come on, come here, come here. And then my other memory of Hulk Hogan I have is when I got married, we all get introduced to the wedding party with a song. So my wife at the time let me pick Real American as our entrance music to come out. So I went down the aisle and I'm doing this and I'm flexing and I'm doing the, all that stuff for like, seriously, they played the song three times. And I'm just going around the dance floor and pointing to everybody around the dance floor. I want to hear you. I want to hear you. And just, oh man, it was great. Just the whole, and then the, and the, all that nice stuff and the, oh, all that great stuff. So it's so much fun. <laughs> so we're going to go to Adam real quick. Yeah. Um. So one of my first memories of Hogan was seeing him in Rocky what was it Rocky three? Rocky yeah, Rocky. Three. Um, you know, my dad sat me down. He didn't, I didn't really know who he was, and as I got ingrained into wrestling as a fan, as late as I came into the game, uh, you know, you learn about the legend of Hulk Hogan slamming Andre, creating the NWO, things like that. But I didn't really see him on TV uh, until him and uh, Eric kind of came into TNA. Um, oh wow! And I'm probably in the minority of. TNA fans that actually liked the Bischoff era. You I, know, I, I love the Aces and Eights storyline and all that. I thought the Hogan Bischoff era was one of the best eras that TNA's ever had. And it to me, that shows the longevity and big popularity that Hogan had, that he could carry all that momentum that he had in the 80s and 90s between Hulkamania, the NWO, and now he's bringing eyeballs to uh, TNA that had you know that's had its ups and downs of course um so i think that's another reason why he goes in that goat category is because he's able to um continue that popularity and still bring a following bring an audience to wherever he goes that's awesome can you hang on for a few more minutes before you got to jump off uh yeah We'll do Ben's spotlight, and then uh, before we segment into our uh, segue into our next segment, we'll just get you wrap. We can wrap you up. How's that sound? Yeah, I think I can. I think I'm gonna hang on for a few more minutes. I hate to hop off early, but uh, no, dude, no. Him, don't worry. No, don't ever apologize. Don't ever apologize, Ben. What about you? What are your memories of Hulk Hogan? Well, in the last episode, I briefly covered that it was WrestleMania one that is where I became a fan of Hogan. Uh, the, the charisma just jumped out of the screen and I was hooked. Um, but some good memories I have is when Hogan and Andre faced off at WrestleMania because my dad, he was an Andre guy like in the mid-70s to, to late-70s. So when his guy versus my guy went at it, you know, we had that bonding moment, which was great. Um, but we both knew Hogan was going to win because it was hey, passing hey, the torch. Ben. If Ben, I'm gonna just time you out there. Adam, if you got a bounce. Um, no, I've maybe just a few more minutes and up, but I'm okay. I'm good. Okay, all right. Sorry, Ben, about that. No, no, that's all right. So yeah, we had that uh father-son wrestling moment, which is great. Um WrestleMania four, I was about ten years old, and I remember Jimmy <laughs> Payton out of the I'd come out of the shower, you know, and I'd be all wet and everything. I'm looking in the mirror going, hey, I'm a little Hulkamaniac. So I would completely do his promo from WrestleMania 4, pretending that I had sweat on my body. And I was like, let me tell you something, brother, and all that. So, yeah, I remember being a bit of an idiot then. Um, yeah, WrestleMania, Hulkamaniac, not an idiot. Oh, Hulkamaniac. you had to do it. Yeah, the, uh, the 24 millimeter pythons. Um, <laughs> So I had I had I had the six inch I had the six inch pythons. <laughs> I gotta wrap it around so, twice to get six. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, WrestleMania six was another good memory. Um, 
because obviously pre-internet and you know we didn't have the technology that we do now and my friend and i at school were both ultimate warrior fans as well so we were torn as to who we wanted to win and the only way that we were going to find out soon was to call a hotline otherwise we would have had to have waited several months for the magazines to come out to see what the results were like that's how it was back then so we rang the hotline to find out the warrior won and we were kind of, we were, it was a bit of a mixed emotion because it was like, well, we're glad the warrior won, but then Hogan, we grew up with him and he's only been on top for five years, but it had already felt that he was on his way out. You know, he was declining. So um, there was that. And then WrestleMania 18, when he came back and I mean, Mike, we've talked about this. Yes. The, the, the fact that he came out as NWO Hogan and then turned back into the old Hogan with all the, the Hulk ups and the ear to the crowd and all that. that Adam, I did you, that was um, were you able to watch WrestleMania 18 live or did you catch that after the fact? Uh, I had to catch it after the fact. Um, yeah. If I wanted to watch a, a WWE pay-per-view, my parents were like, well, if you've saved up for your allowance and you can afford it. <laughs> <laughs> they get to watch awesome. pay-per-views live growing up. Awesome. Yes. So, um, so that was actually on a Monday morning, that pay-per-view. And I took the day off work. I call, called it in, said, <clears throat> can't come in. What did you, so what did you tell me you called those days, Adam, when you, when you, when you call in sick, what did you, what did you say you call them? Uh, sickies or sick sickies. days. <laughs> yeah, sickies. I like it. So that's what, that's what I did for that. And then I'm just going to show up a couple of things. Um, 2009 Hulkamania tour came to Australia. And I thought, you know, this is, this is not supposed to happen. So I got to yes. meet him at the airport, hang out with him. Ben with hair. He had hair. Brother. Yeah. Um, and then we got talking and then I followed him out to the car park, you know, where his van was waiting. And he was like, okay, brother, nice chatting to you. I got to head off now. That's awesome. So the old pat on the back um and there's just a couple of random bits of memorabilia here um i've got like this baseball card with a piece of his torn shirt nice and um and we've got the wwf rookie card that's uh, autographed one of the tops ones that you used to get in the packs with bubble gum so that's awesome. yeah oh. so that's pretty much that in a in a very quick review that's awesome. That's cool. Adam, let's, if it's okay with you, Adam, I know you got to get going. So let's wrap you up. Where can we find you on Twitter? What, what, where, what about your podcast? Tell us a little about yourself. Yeah. If you want to follow uh, me on Twitter, I actually uh, think so highly or of myself or whatever that I actually have two Twitter accounts. So for your more personal and wrestling takes, you can follow me at the ARJ brand. Uh, if you are more interested in the high school football coaching side of my life, I'm there. You can find me at coach a Jefferson. Um, I also have a solo podcast, uh, called just one man's thoughts. Uh, new episode will be dropping this week. Haven't recorded it yet because of how busy things have been at work, but, um, you can follow that at just thoughts pod and that's on Spotify, Apple podcasts, all the platforms. Awesome. Cool, man. Well, I hope everything's good at home. I hope he feels you better. I, I hope thank so you. Too. Thank you for your time, man. Thank yeah, you. hopefully, uh, you know, y'all enjoy. Uh, I hate to cut my time short, but, you know, he's yeah. feel bad. So looking forward to the next episode. want to just say love each and every one of y'all. Loving doing the zip code, bros. Looking forward to uh, Zooming with y'all again. Love you too, Thanks, brother. Thanks, Adam. Next Talk time. to you everybody. Nice. See y'all. See ya. All right. I love that. So one thing I actually do want to say to our audience, all two of them, is if you think there's a better way or a better constructive way to do the rest of the spotlight, maybe we give a background, maybe we get a little more information, please hit us up on at zip code bros on Twitter. At zip code bros on Twitter, because we're open to criticism. Or the other thing is you can hit us up, you know, personally on Facebook. Yeah. Or individually. Or give me a holler, give us a yeah. give us a text, something like that. You know, Whitaker reached out to me last week and uh 
again, another, another shout out to the kickout crew, but Mike Whitaker reached out and he was very kind. So yeah, please. We want to, we want to, I'm not going to say this is your show, like the kickout crew, but you know, we want you guys to subscribe and keep listening. Um, so let us know. Yeah, and we, we, but, we value, we value your opinion. Yeah. It's, Just not Eddie Prather. <laughs> you guys are out of control. I'm staying, I'm staying in Switzerland with that stuff. <laughs> Speaking of, let's give Amy a little shout out to uh, the Palm Water Dave show. He's uh, he's got a very special episode this week, and I can't wait. Listen, I can't wait to listen to it. It's, it's a good. It episode. was uh, it was live uh, on YouTube just before we started uh, recording. So I can't wait to listen to that. It's going to be a great story. So speaking of great stories, see what I did hey, there? Just, quick, just quickly, yeah. um, Jimmy's memories of Hulk Hogan. Um, my, mine are very, mine are probably mostly TNA. I have one. So actually, when I first got into wrestling, which was in 06, he came back and did a match with his last, WWE match ever was against Randy Orton at SummerSlam in 2006. So I got to watch the build up to that 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 uh, pay per view, and it was it was good. And I've gone back and able to watch old SmackDowns and old Monday Night Raws from years ago and one of the coolest things is watching edge and hulk hogan win the tag team titles in july on the july 4th 2002 smackdown from scissor me daddy all right you're cut off billy gunn and well cut off billy and chuck You're cut off. No scissor me daddy, Mr. Lopez. Uh-uh. <laughs> He's working on himself. Uh, good dude. Good dude. Yes, great dude. Great dude. But I'll, you know, I'll pose a quick question to you guys. What did you guys, and really, like two words, what did you guys think of the Shawn Michaels Hulk Hogan match, Ben? I didn't like Shawn Michaels overselling. I thought that was unprofessional. What about you, Jimmy? A couple words. I thought it was great, and con- contrary to Ben's, I mean, yes, it was unprofessional, but at the same time, oh, Michael should have gone over. Fair enough. All right. So we have a, a new, not a new segment, but we uh, we initially were going to do a Jimmy show and tell, but as I was telling Jimmy last night, he's got so much more than just show and tell. So we're going to call this From the Heart with Jimmy Sorensen. So, Jimmy, you gave us a teaser trailer last week about the, about the photo. So, um, it's not a photo. Why don't you tell us about this? I mean, the, uh, the drawing. That's right. It's not a photo. It's a drawing. Right, you don't be a dick about it. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Not a photo. Yours. It's not a photo. Dang it! <laughs> it's still weird to me. Damn it! Um, <laughs> the first wrestling show I ever went to was April twenty third, two thousand nineteen, and I went to this show with two uh, titles the WWE replica title that they've been using for the last nine years. I don't want to say decade, but not quite a decade. That'd be next year. Um, Close enough. And the universal title, the red one, one, one with the red strap replica I had at the time and went to it and VIP stuff. Um, the they there was this I sat next to a, a child and his father where let me give it 
and the little kid's name is Madden. And I was just sitting next to him, talking to him throughout the show and uh, told me that I asked him if he had any wrestling titles at home. And it's like, I don't have anything, no. So out of the kindness of my heart, I felt like it was the right thing to do to give him a replica title, which he got signed by Roman Reigns after the show had ended and has it actually up on his wall. But after a week, about a week later, his dad, well, like, well, a couple of days later, his dad messaged me asking me for my address, thinking, okay. He had something. He had something to give me. I figured it was gonna be a card. Well, it was a lot better than a card. Um, it was this drawing, and picture. It's drawing of John Cena, AJ Styles, Taker, Kane, Randy Orton, Page, Warrior, and Hogan. <laughs> Brother, right there, and. Push it down a little bit more. Let's see the top. There you go. Nice. And I like it. I love it. And on the back side, it says, do you give a lot of kids awesome stuff like me and my dad? I'm just saying, James, question mark. To you, James, from Madden, thank you. Little down just a little bit more. I'll put a post. I'll put a picture of. I'll take a picture of this and upload this. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll do idea. that. We'll take a picture of it. And we'll put it under the post. Jimmy, that that's awesome. I love that story. And one of the first things I ever did after becoming a after becoming an adult and was able to start going to wrestling shows. So. I have given many people belts and cool things just because I felt like it was the right thing to do. And Gallagher can attest. I have been the lovely recipient of many things from Jimmy Sars. And there is nobody in this world with a kinder heart and a big, who's, Nobody in this world who's more generous or has a bigger heart than, than my man, Jimmy, over there. Have you stayed in touch with the family at all? I, I, I keep in touch here and there. That's great. His dad works that. his, his, That's his amazing. Dad, Very cool. His dad's a chiropractor uh, in a town just about half hour away from me. That's awesome. You have any questions for him, Ben? No, um, I mean, I've heard a lot about Jimmy's generosity um, and his kind heart. And I mean, that that sums it all up. You know, that kind of, it's just, yeah, I've I got no words other than like, you're, you're a good guy, Jimmy. And I'm glad that I am in a position where I can get to know you as a, as a friend. Thank you. I, um a week about a week is what march 14th 14th so sorry i'm thinking in my head sorry um i know so, i saw something burning it's been um it's been a crazy decade actually uh 11 12 years um so i i give more than i take just something my dad instilled in me before um he got sick and um ultimately um took his own life by uh suicide and i never want anyone to feel the pain i felt for years i said i never wanted anybody to feel like how he did like feeling like there was no hope and that that is true, but at the same time, I want I don't want anyone to feel like how I did, felt helpless to see someone I loved, not being able to do anything to help them. So if I can 
share a little bit of kindness as some some people say it's probably the if I can make someone's day by giving them a belt or something, why not? It, I might, we all need hope in this life. And I try more than other, try a lot more than people realize. Thank you for sharing, Jimmy. And I mean, you, for those of you who are watching this, I, Jimmy and I know each other pretty, pretty dang well. And um, I, I love listening to his stories. I love listening to his philosophy on life. And, and, and I always tell him if, if everybody can have a modicum of kindness to the extent of how Jimmy has it, then this world would be a much better place. So Jimmy, thank you so much for sharing that with us. No problem. Yeah. Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> So um, we have a, a my, my, my segment on the show, it's called Mike's Music Corner. And, and what I've always kind of wanted to do, not wanted to do, but what me and my, my friend Sam always talk about is who done it better, right? Who, who, who recorded it better or who did the song better? Um, so what, what, what we've been doing is uh, we would take, we would just take a song recorded by two different artists and we would, uh, say who done it better. So this 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 week, the song is feeling all right or feeling all right. There's no G at the end of feeling. Feeling all right. Uh, originally written by the band Traffic. And uh, for those who don't know who Traffic is, Traffic was a band in the uh, the 60s, 70s. Um, and the lead singer and the writer of the song, his name is Dave Mason. Um, another person that people may recognize from Traffic is Stevie Winwood. He was one of the original members of Traffic. And then the other version was Joe Cocker. And I think the Joe Cocker version is a little bit more popular because um, it's a little bit more recent and a little bit more popular when it plays on the radio. So a little bit of background on this one, and I'm going to pull my notes up here, is so Traffic was written by Dave Mason. Dave Mason is, a, is the lead singer of it. And it's more of a mellow track. You know, it doesn't have a very driving beat. It's more of a, a mellow track. It's more of a album cut of, and for those of you who don't know what an album cut is, an album cut is a song that is not considered one of the hits on the album. So each album, maybe depending on the band, depending on the album, may have two to three hit songs on there. And say the other eight songs out of the 12, are what's called album cuts. And I think that song was an album cut initially until Joe Cocker redid it and made it popular. And a little bit of background on Joe Cocker's version is it's more, to me, it's more of a driving beat. What I mean by driving beat, it's a, it, it, it hits heavy. It's a boom, 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 boom. And it keeps it going. It keeps the song going, it keeps the song flowing. You know, it makes you want to get up and dance, it makes you want to get up and groove and, and you know, kind of, shake your hips and, 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 you know, rub your shoulders, not rub your shoulders, but move your shoulders a little bit. So for me, my, my favorite version of this song is by Joe Cocker. And um, Jimmy, did you get a chance to listen to the both, both versions or are you familiar with both versions of the song? I am not. I apologize. I have, I, I, I've been under the weather lately and I haven't had a chance to listen to either, either version. I apologize. Um, that's silly of me. That's oh, that's okay. That's okay. I I've been. You do it again. He's gonna have some fighting words. <laughs> All right, I'll give you. I'll give you one. Lonely. There's two versions. Mister, I think it's Valentini, and then Akon was a good one. Okay, I like it. What about you, Ben? Did you get a chance to listen to him? I did listen to both of them, and I have to admit, I had no idea who Traffic was. Oh, interesting. I, I, yeah, not only did not didn't I hear their cover of uh, or their original feeling all right, but I wouldn't be able to tell you what else they've done. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, look, like you were saying, though, the Joe Cocker version is the most popular. Well, it's the only version I've heard. 
Okay. Um, and I think he he had he had a very unique raspy voice, and I think he was able to cover songs quite well. Like you mentioned, um, with a little help from my friends, how he did that version, probably better than the Beatles. But yeah, so I really enjoyed the Joe Cocker version. Yeah. So good, good choice. Thank you. And um, another song that you may know by Traffic is Dear Mr. Fantasy. That was their other big hit. It was Dear Mr. Okay. Fantasy, which more recently, a lot of people probably recognize it from the beginning of the intro to Endgame. While they were doing the Marvel credits in the very beginning of the movie, they played Dear Mr. Fantasy. And, 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 and to that point, that was the only marvel movie that didn't have the marvel theme song that played over the opening credits it was dear mr fantasy so that's another one and stevie i believe stevie winwood was the person who sang dear mr fantasy and and trust me if i'm wrong my dad will tell me after he listens to this (laughs) 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 so uh so thanks guys i appreciate you letting me do that uh so next is going to be our uh jonesy's jokes and our dad jokes of the week. So take it away, Mr. Jones. Okay, first one. So, hang on, do you know what? I'm gonna have to get the readers on. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, oh, that's better. Can you tell me why? Okay, you think gas prices are expensive? Have you seen chimneys? They're through the roof. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> See, this is already better than last week's Undertaker joke. <laughs> Which I totally used this week, by the way. And how was the reaction? About the same. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I thought it might have been an Australian and an American uh, issue there. Maybe that's, I don't know. Uh, okay, second one. How do computers get drunk? How? How? They take screenshots. Ah. Ah. You should have right, stopped. You one. should have stopped at number one. Ah, oh, come on! I can't. Do that. How many you got? How many you got? Well, I've got three. Um, but if there's a popular demand for more, I've got more. Okay. My wife said, I can think of 14 reasons to leave you, plus your obsession with tennis. <laughs> I replied, that's 15 love. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I give, us <laughs> give, us, no, give us another one. Give us another one. All right, okay. Go, we'll go one more. Go one more. Let me put my eyes back on. All right. Okay. My daughter asked me if I had seen the dog bowl. I said, no, I didn't even know that he could. <laughs> and thank you. Um, did I tell you did I, on the last week, did I talk, talk about the pianist? No. no, and I'm pretty sure I don't want, I don't think we want to hear about the pianist. Is it, is it clean? Yeah, is it? Um, so a guy walks into a bar. It's just a guy and a bartender. Um, the guy, the guy says to the bartender, um, so if I if, if I can if I if I can show you something that you never seen anywhere, we give me free drinks all night. He's like, yes. Guy takes out a piano, little tiny piano, and takes out takes out a little man. So that's playing the best thing music he's ever heard. So I'm like, all right, that's that, that's the craziest thing I ever never seen. So free drinks all night. Yeah, the guy asked him, "How'd you how'd you get that?" Uh, like, uh, get so the guy says it's a ma- magic uh, Jack Daniels bottle. So the guy goes, the bartender goes around and uh, goes and rubs it and asks for him. Yeah, goes out and comes back and guys guys said. The starts raining ducks. He's like, "Why is it raining ducks?" I I asked for a million bucks. Like, you think I asked for a ten inch pianist? 
All right. Not all bad. Right. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Let's try to keep it cleaner for next episode, though. These are dad jokes, by the way. Yeah, ducks are very offensive. <laughs> One million bucks, not a million ducks. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for season one, episode Dose of the Zip Code Bros. But before we go, uh, let's give um, uh, the first thing we want to do is I also want to spotlight next week we're going to do John Chena as Santino Morella. Where did Jimmy go? Ben, where did Jimmy go? Oh, there he is. Uh -huh. There he is. Uh, <laughs> so our next topic is going to be John Cena. And uh, so any questions, comments, concerns you guys have about John Cena and his five moves of doom or his bald spot or his upcoming match with Austin Theory, please drop them in the comments. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Any questions you guys have at all, even just about what we may have talked about, music, jokes, uh, Jimmy's from the heart, Adam's Week in Pro Wrestling History. Please uh, like and subscribe it. You know, I, I, I never thought in my wildest dreams I would ever say that out loud. Um, <laughs> but uh, like and subscribe it if, if you do like it. Or again, if you guys have any constructive criticism, please give us a shout. Uh, but before we, before we bounce, um, where can we find you, Ben? So I am at AFS Ben Jones on Twitter and also at zip code bros on Twitter. All right. What about you, Mr. Sorensen? And, and Facebook. Ben, ben, ben can also be found on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we're yeah. all, we're all um, connected to the AFS, um, to the zip code bros, me, Michael Gallagher, Ben Jones, and Adam Jefferson. Mr. AJ. If you want, if you want to, if you have any hate tweets, send them to at OG James ad free. <laughs> um, that is my Twitter and I, I, I prefer good, good tweets, but if I have to have hate tweets too, well, gotta have hate or something. <laughs> All right. So before we go and we can edit out the last bit when I hit stop going, but let's all do. Where can we find you, Mark? Hey, oh, where can you find me? That's right. You. That's right. So you can find me at Mike Gurr0905 on Twitter. That's M-I-K-E-G-R-R-0905 at Twitter. And you can also find me on Facebook. And you can find him also at Stalking Behind us, behind uh, Christian Cage's bushes. That was a shot. I wasn't, if I wasn't wearing this bandana, it would be a lot sillier. <laughs> but let's us do our best Hulk Hogan poses before we go. All right, let's rock and roll. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you, everybody, for, for listening. And then we hope to see you next week on the Zip Code Bros. <laughs> Yeah, brother, brother, brother. Oh, yeah.